Bullshit alert. I have three friends with me, and I'm pretty certain two of them are lying. My first friend is Miss Lily Herman. Lily, how are you today? Adequate. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a lie or if it's true. Uh, my second friend is Mr. Danny Marshall. How are you, Danny? More than adequate. Fantastic. Those are the two people who I don't believe. I have a third person who I believe uh, everything. Uh, and this is my friend, uh, Mr. Stephen Carter. And he is also the scorekeeper for our game today. How are you doing today, Stephen? Out of one out of zero. So that's better than nothing. Hey, You're at a one out of zero? Holy yeah, one shit. out of zero. So better than nothing. That sounds like infinitely times better. Um, I guess that's still nothing. <laughs> Out of zero, you're doing pretty good. So Out of zero. Uh, yeah, zero is so. the top or the bottom or both of the scale? It's everything, Danny. Now, I don't believe him. And, and that's fair. Uh, first thing <laughs> I want to ask uh, all of you is, uh, what's the weirdest thing that happened to you this week? Lily? Uh, <laughs> okay. Um... I had a pretty good week. Uh, I got vaccinated this week. Wow. Um, which is good. That's not that weird because I millions of Americans right now are valiantly uh, vaccinating themselves. Um, the, the, but the weird thing that happened was uh, I went to the Bronx to get vaccinated and they ask you it's not insane. to show up. I, yeah, the, the Bronx, I didn't even think it was real. I, I knew there was a zoo there, but I thought that was pretty much it. Um, no, I, I went to the Bronx and uh, they ask you not to show up more than five minutes in advance because I guess they don't want a bunch of people milling around. Uh, and I got there a little early, so I was just walking around. And I stumbled into, not into, I, I stumbled across these four guys who looked like they were they were homeless gentlemen on the side of the street and they were just kind of hanging out and I was hanging out on the other side of the street and all of a sudden uh, they broke into song. <laughs> it was like a uh, barbershop quartet style song. Uh, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what it was. It, it sounded like it was from the like uh, Pet Sounds era, kind of uh, like uh, what would I be without you? That song, like um, the Beach Boys. Beach Boys, yeah. It, it it wasn't one of like the recognizable one of their songs, but it, it felt like it could have been a like Pet Sounds. Uh, was it? Was it any good? Stuff. Yeah, that's a good it, question. I mean, you don't expect to hear random people singing on the street, so in that sense, it was like, well, that that is good. I don't think they'll be at Carnegie Hall. Anytime. Was there like harmony or? Yeah, no, no. I mean, clearly this was something they like they did on. It wasn't just spontaneous. You know, they all randomly decided to try out singing for the first time in their lives. I would say like barbershop quartets usually have a look to them. Homeless right, look, I was going to. 
yeah, it's very gonna, I, odd. I was gonna say, do our homeless people in the Bronx do they have seersucker suits and straw hats? <laughs> um, yes, but very disheveled. No, I'm just kidding. No, they they just they looked like you know what? Maybe it's my own internal bias that they were homeless. They they looked homeless, and they were they had one of them had a large bag of cans, so I assumed homeless. But oh. is this like a? Do you think this is like an everyday thing? If I were to go to the Bronx and get vaccinated one day, I'd just stumble upon four individuals that would sing at me. You know, I, I read an article that Yo-Yo Ma played like an impromptu performance for people waiting uh, yeah. to like, see if they had a reaction to their COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was mine. And I just didn't know. It. Wow. Maybe one wow. of them was Yo-Yo Ma. That would be, he's <laughs> not as good at singing as he is at the cello. <laughs> but he is homeless. But he is homeless. Yes. Danny, what was the weirdest thing that happened to you? Um, pretty uneventful week. Uh, but, um, it is the, uh, the holiday of Passover in my religion. Um, so what religion, uh, Judaism. Yeah. So, um, is that how you say it? Judaism. Hmm? Ju- it, I, yes. That's how I say it. So, it. uh, um, we have a Seder, which is, you know, the, 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 the dinner, the festive meal, um, and, and there, you know, it's a very, very lovely holiday. Um, and it's a big deal in, in my family. And there's two, there, it's a, it's an eight week, eight, eight week, Jesus Christ. It's an eight. Wow. No, it's an eight day holiday. I didn't believe first, in him. The first two, <laughs> the first two that fair, the first two nights are the, 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 you know, more religious satyrs. That's what the, the, the event. And we usually have, you know, with family, but you know, given the circumstances, things change. My grandmother is vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. I uh, stay inside uh, alone. So we decided to uh, have my grandmother over and and stay. And we haven't, she hasn't been over in well over a year. And it was a nice, nice, you know, event. So she lives uh, in Rybrook, which is uh, in Westchester, which is about an hour away from me. So she's 91. So we took her car away. So we had to drive to get her. So the deal was I'll go pick her up and uh, my dad will drive her back. So I'm pick, I'm driving and like all grandmothers, you know, I try to update her on life and it goes back to an old story about some shtetl in Russia or whatever. But uh, um, we're merging onto a highway and we get rear-ended uh, and I'm, uh, we're okay. We're fine. But, it's a classic New York drivers cutting people off. And uh, I, two people had cut me off and the per, more people were trying to cut in and, and I stopped short. And then the pickup truck behind me wasn't trying, was trying to not let someone in and they rear-ended me. And uh, I was in my mom's car with my 91-year-old grandmother in the passenger seat. So it uh, wasn't great. It was, we were, it was, there was a lot of traffic. So it wasn't like a hard hit, but uh wasn't fun to have happen and uh we're all fine and my grandmother of course kept bringing it up but said how how brave we both were and i was like well you didn't do anything but also i'm never gonna live this down uh you know i'm i'm the youngest of all the grandchildren and the reckless one and and i'm the one who decides to pick her up the first time she's leaving her facility in well over a year and uh this is what happens how did it affect the uh, the Seder? Um, I 
uh, it didn't because uh, they were. I came inside. I I got back in the car after I exchanged information, and I said, "Let's not call mom and dad. Let's just tell them when I get home." So I I came home, and my dad is uh, deals with auto insurance and with for work and stuff and they inspected the car and i just was like i'm gonna go nap for an hour and then have a large drink and uh i just slept for an hour and ignored everyone and then we kind of pretended nothing happened also one one other thing you are the most reckless of all the grandchildren or the wildest i i'm not like the the wild i'm the wild card of the grandchildren i'm you're the you're the renegade I've always, I, I, they've always said Danny, uh, you know, um, moves to the beat of his own drummer. That's how they always like to say it. Um, yes, I was, uh, I don't always follow the rules. I didn't follow the rules as a kid. Okay. The the craziest part of that story, honestly, I'm, I'm half Jewish, so I know some Jewish things, but you said it was eight days and I know that Hanukkah is eight nights are all Jewish holidays just eight days no, long? No, no, they're not. Um, but that main that one is, that's not Yom Kippur. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, no, all Jewish holidays are either it's either the New Year, we're sorry for all the terrible things we did, and then all the rest of them are holy crap, we survived another mass genocide. Um, and a lot of them were eight days long of genocide. So, um, or or not, or just like. This just happens to be, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you why Passover is eight days, but I know that I cannot have bread until Sunday. Oh, it's still going on. Yeah, it started Saturday. So I'm not having, I don't, I don't eat bread for a week, which is fine. Steven, so here's the, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you have a, a weird story, but one of these two or both of these two are either lying or telling the truth. Do you have thoughts on if you think either of them are telling the truth? I feel like Lily's story is awesome. I, I kind of want it to be true. The Yo-Yo Ma thing, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I got vaccinated today and just the National Guard was around and they were just around. There's a lot of white men in uniforms and that's what we need in America right now. Not so. I don't know. Danny story. We didn't really get into. I feel like it was more just about him being Jewish than anything. It was barely about <laughs> me being Jewish. So what do you believe? Do you, you believe it sounds like you believe Lily's story is true. I, I would favor Lily's story being true over Danny's story being true. Well, can't they both be true? They could I mean, they, be true. they could, they could both be true. They could both be a lie. Danny, do you have uh, thoughts on Lily's story? Um, no. Uh, yes, I, I, I believe it just instinctively. Um, and watching Lily come to terms with her biases on homeless people was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty aggressive for, the, for oh, yeah. right out of the box. Oh, uh, right out. Uh, Lily, do you have feelings about Danny's story? Um... I believe he has a grandmother because most people do. I don't know. I, I could believe, yeah, Danny getting rear-ended and uh, confirming his place as the bad boy of the family. Sure. Yeah, it sounds almost intentional. Like this maverick <laughs> decided, you know what? I'm going to shake up Seder a little bit and get rear-ended. 
I have been bored for a year. Grandma's had it too good for too long. <laughs> so. uh, all right. I will go ahead and, and it's nice that you guys are sticking together on this. I'm going to say both of your stories are lies. You're correct. And Stephen's a naive little mouse because my story was a lie. Mm, Danny? No, mine's 100% true. Everything, oh! I said, everything I said is true. Really? Really, all of it. Except I'm not a bad boy. I just, we're all good boys and, <laughs> and one girl, but I'm just the baddest of the boys. On a scale of bad to good, I'm still like decent, but it just, it's hard to compare to my, my, the rest of my cousin, my brother, they're, they're, they're all menches and I'm just not as much of a mensch. Point wise <sighs> though, I feel like that's a point for Danny and not a point for Lily due to. Yeah. Let's so give, the, let's give, uh, what, what sort of points would you like to give Steven? I don't know. I'm in a star mood today. We can give him a star sticker or we can give him like a hundred points. Boy, that's <laughs> it's pretty big differential. Uh, what about a hundred star stickers? That I'd, too. Take bo- I'd take both. I'd take a star sticker and a hundred points. So is the currency one star sticker equals a hundred points? Does sound like a lot. <laughs> it's like houses <laughs> and hotels. You laid out the currency. All right. We will give one star uh, to Danny uh, and uh, we will give half a star uh, for Lily because Stephen believed Lily's story. I like it. Uh, before, uh, before we started today, a couple of friends uh, messaged me uh, some stories about uh, two of our uh, participants. Uh, This is a story uh, that has been brought to me uh, about uh, Lily, and I'm gonna play it for you and everyone right now. I will tell you, I have not heard this story. I listened to make sure that the recording worked, but uh, I'm hearing it the same as you right now live. Here we go. Okay, so Probably my all-time favorite Lily Herman story uh, is from our junior year of high school. Uh, We were getting ready to apply for colleges uh, and decided to visit Cornell to check it out. So uh, for a weekend, we drove up there with Lily, her mom, and her stepdad, toured the campus, and visited a bunch of different departments. Uh, And I remember at one point we were visiting some kind of science department or pre-med or something, um, and it was like 10 kids sitting around a table. for some kind of info session and the guy leading the session was like all right let's go around and each of you just tell me a little bit about yourself and lily went first and not really knowing what to do was just like uh i would describe myself as tall and odd and then we commenced to go around the table and spend about an hour (laughs) describing ourselves each student had all these incredible plaudits like I've already been published in several scientific journals. I'm a three-sport varsity athlete who survived cancer. You know, uh, my mother is a diplomat in Libya, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) At the end of the session, Lily actually went up to the uh, person running it and was like, I'm sorry, there's more to me than being tall and odd. I need to defend myself. (laughs) But I just think it's so funny because uh, at the end of the day, it was a pretty accurate description. (laughs) <laughs> oh it was it was worse than that it was th- this was like i just wasn't thinking and th- essentially it was like 
not like a pre-group interview, but like a little less formal than a college interview. So there were like 10 to 15 kids just sitting in a row. And it was like, all right, now we're going to like go around and just say something about ourselves. And I thought like, oh, this will take like five minutes. Everyone will just like go around, say their name and like a fun icebreak fact. Um, and then they'll tell us about the, the, the college or whatever. And so I said like, Hey, I'm, I'm Lily. Uh, uh, how would I describe myself? Well, I run track and I'm tall. I was like, that's it. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, that'll be good. And then Alex went next and he like actually went into some of his, Oh, Alex is, is one of my best friends. We met in seventh grade. Anyway, um, just went into like all his like, uh, academic achievements he took like maybe like two or three minutes and I was like oh damn that was like a way better descriptor than than what I did like I should have actually like promoted myself a little bit and then literally everyone after him told like their whole life story we were there for like 35 40 minutes listening to all these kids just brag about themselves like talking about the work they did with orphans <laughs> and like uh, like uh, resuscitating a human heart in their hands just like ridiculous shit and i i was just sitting there going like oh my god w what have i done like I i'm not getting into this college now like we should just leave after this this is bullshit i i was first i didn't but know alex alex then watched your your best friend watched you do this and said i'm not going to do the same thing i'm gonna completely blow her out of the water and set a new precedent by going second honestly i blame him a little bit i would fully uh, blame him. yeah he set the tone i mean he he didn't go quite as in-depth as the rest of people but uh, he had the gall <laughs> to try and make himself look good well, you you set the tone, and then he raised the bar. Oh, that's yeah, a that's really fair. good way to put it, Stephen. That's really great. Yeah. So this is this is really believable because these types of things happen all the time. I I, I had a, a, a improv circle, a group. My group was doing sort of uh, our teacher had put it together sort of like a confessional type of a thing or a bonding experience where we were all supposed to. Uh, tell everyone our truths. And uh, the first person who went is a friend of mine, uh, Brett Lyons. And he uh, started everything off by saying, uh, I have to say, um, I've never really liked sushi. And uh, I really have discovered that I like sushi the past month. And then everybody <laughs> else went on telling stories about how how much they respected their stepfathers and how they changed their lives. And people talked about coming out as gay, but the very first person who went revealed their love for sushi. So your story <laughs> seems like a setup that people have to go through. So it seems so believable, Danny. And not only that, it seems like it's believable, but also character wise, this tracks with Lily because Lily somehow always and i've known lily now going on seven years or eight years and uh lily is often the guinea pig and sets a very low bar at things and it's so funny <laughs> to watch watch this it, regardless of what happens and it's just like even starting with like uh explaining what a three-line scene was when we were freshmen in college and and just getting it whatever it was this just seems very in character of somehow not wanting to be the volunteer but being the guinea pig and going first and then we're all like 
oh, this is how we do it, even though she did it kind of wrong or in a, you know, uh, lesser uh, manner. And uh, so this, this. Not lesser. Different. different. Sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Different manner. Um, so this checks out. Uh, this uh, does check out. Cornell offer anything after that? Good question. Good question, question, Stephen. How did, what did Cornell feel about your tall awkwardness? Good, great questions. Oh, I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I, we, we left. Did you get in? I, like, I didn't, I didn't bother. No, I didn't apply. <laughs> well, first of all, m- mostly, like, the, the reason I'll give that I didn't apply to Cornell is I couldn't afford that shit. Right. Um, the, the real reason is <laughs> because I had soiled myself on, uh not literally uh, but in a verbal sense <laughs> when you said it we all went wait why we wasn't all, that part went... of the story <laughs> yeah oh yeah i forgot to mention that while i was doing this uh, i was standing on the table shitting myself uh, so that also didn't we've all there. been there. almost yeah you almost had a star there uh and then you added in mm. the, the shitting yourself and now i'm like oh maybe maybe it's not a full star maybe it's a steven half star uh <laughs> all right uh we have a second story. Uh, this is uh, for uh, Danny. Danny, one of your friends uh, contacted us. This is Nick. I've known Danny since we started going to camp together when I was nine years old. Uh, this story is from the summer of 2015. After we stopped going to camp, uh, we took a road trip to Toronto. Um, I left from Boston and met Danny in Albany. And then uh, together we drove ruling nine hours to get to Toronto. Uh, But once we got there, uh, we were meandering around downtown and we saw this comic book shop. I forget the name. Um, And Danny just had to go in to see if Canadian comics were different than American comics. And while we were in there, uh, we saw this probably teenage kid browsing. uh, And Danny noticed a few Disney pins on his bag. And he got the kid's attention. And he said, that, you know, he really wanted one of those pins for his collection. And the kid said it wasn't for sale because he traded for it when he was in Disney World last year. And uh, Danny paused for a second and pulled three Disney pins out of his bag and said that he always keeps a few on him uh, just in case he ever has the opportunity to trade. And he had to trade two for one, but... He got this Disney pin for his collection off a stranger in Canada within a few hours of us being there. Danny, big, big pen trader, are you? I am. I am. I, uh, I collect and trade pins, uh, Disney pins mostly, but I have, I collect pins from wherever I travel too. So it goes beyond Disney. Do you have sort of like this sort of network where you do go to do pins or is it, mostly just uh something Uh, that happens whenever you you just encounter people who are wearing them i I, if i see pin someone wearing pins that i like i'll i'll always you know comment them and comment on it and ask them where they got it or something um i it started as a kid um my mom wouldn't go on rides at disney and they just uh you know started this pin trading thing in uh the late 90s early 2000s and she got my brother and I hooked with her and, and we started trading and collecting and it just grew and grew. And, um, from there, um, so I'll talk to people. I don't have a network. I do. Whenever I go to Disney, uh, I will, tr- I will bring a lot of pins to trade and collect and they have different values. I could go on and on about these. What, um, how often do you go to Disney? 
Um, as often as I can, I don't go, I haven't been in, uh, probably five, six years, but I, growing up, we would go like every few years. And then in high school, I started to go once a year, we would take a little, uh, weekend trip there down to Florida, my my mom and my brother and go once a year. I believe you said you're going later this year. I am. I'm actually going at the end of June. My brother's graduating from business school and my gift to him is buying him a few days at the parks so we're going once we're vaccinated uh to spend a few days at disney together why did you hesitate when you said business school because I, I was gonna say grad school but i wanted to i don't know i was just that that's all so ahead, july Steven. july 15th danny's boarding a plane he's got two big sacks i said late um, june but okay okay well, yeah, yeah, you know, you got to factor in time because you you were literally taking bags of pins with you to Florida on the plane. I take one bag of pins. <laughs> it's not bad. Ba- they're they're this Wait. big. So, Stephen, your your assertion is that because Danny's bringing these bags of heavy, presumably heavy pins, it's going to slow down the plane, and he's not going <laughs> to arrive until late in the month. <laughs> I, I he's got to get there early and he scalps his way in is how I'm thinking he's paying for all this. <laughs> oh, oh. Do you hover around the gates looking for people to trade pens with? No. So, so um, all of the cast members, this is all pre COVID, obviously all the cast, like the, the, any employee at Disney, except for food service, wears a lanyard with pins on them. And mm-hmm. you, as any guest, it's way more, uh, I guess, uh, it's a lot smoother if you're a kid, as I've learned over time. Um, but you're allowed to go up to a cast member and ask to look at their pins and you can trade any pin. You can trade up two pins on their lanyard and any employee, except obviously if they're like in character or as I said, food service. And then there are people, there are specific pin stores in all the parks and and in hotels and stuff where they have big boards that you can trade at. And there are, especially, you know, in the, like the downtown Disney area, there are people who have annual passes and live there and they have bags and bags and they just sit out there for casual people who are interested to look, but also they'll sell them and then you can trade with them. What is your most prized pin? Good question. Um, I, I um, have, they released a series of, uh, a lot of them are like limited editions uh, as what makes them valuable. But this one was uh, one, they released a new movie at like a new theme which um, a disney movie every month and they released the amount of the number they released was the amount of cells in the film reel and each film each pin it's a design and in the center it's, it has a cell of the film I actually bought this one on ebay and it was a toy story pin and it has a mm. cell of woody looking down into the um, one of the moving boxes looking for rc like about 80 percent of the way through toy story it would suck if you got one of the cells like that was in the middle of like a fade. I know. Well, something. that's the thing is, is I, that's why I, I, if you, I went on eBay and was looking for, they had specific cells. So I, I wanted one with Woody and that was the one I got. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So you don't always trade for them. Sometimes you, or buy them at locations. You'll buy them on eBay, like collectors. Yeah. Sites. If there's, if there's one that I, I specifically am looking for, or they sell out on the Disney website or something. Um, I go out of my way on, on eBay or something like that. And, and a lot of times I'll buy them. I'll buy some on you. They used to buy, you could buy them in bulk on eBay. So I'd buy like a hundred for a hundred bucks. Little did I know that a lot of them ended up being counterfeit. Um, uh-huh. And 
and and I trade them and others I'd buy in the parks that are, you know, I, I would happen to go on Earth Day in 2011 and I bought an Earth Day pin. Just it's like, oh, this is where I was that year, and that kind of thing. Steven, were you going to ask a question? Yeah, this this story was enough, you know, for Nick to bring it up and, you know, tell us today. Do you remember the pin that you were vying to get? I honestly do not because of the amount of pins I have, the amount of trades I have done with like this. Um, I assume it was, there was a, uh, something called hidden Mickey pins, which have a little Mickey ears on them hidden somewhere. They're not really hidden, but basically you can only get them by trading cast members for them. You can't purchase them. And that's kind of what make, what draw me, drew me to the idea of collecting and trading these was you get these, you have to collect sets by finding them on the lanyards that they collect. They put them on in the morning and stuff. So I have to assume that it was a, a hidden Mickey pin for a set that, and for me to, for me to do that in, um, in Toronto, it means it, I, and I know when I'm, I have four or five and I'm missing one, it, it means it was a complete, it was one of my, one that would kind of completed a set. I'm just saying, I, I believe this story because uh, <laughs> I, I would describe Danny as a uh, neat hoarder. I'm a, colle- a collector. <laughs> yeah. That's I would say that. He, he collects many a thing. I know he collects Disney pins and I, I can see him, uh, nothing stopping him. If he saw a Disney pin on someone else's bag that he, he just had to, had to trade for. And Danny, do you believe Lily's story? What was Lily's story? About Cornell. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, Steven, it's really up to you and I. Uh, it's amazing that you two keep sticking with each other, no matter what each other says you believe, are saying that you believe each other, which I think is admirable, but uh, I think one of you is lying. Steven, do you think either of them are lying? I feel like Willie's story is true and Danny's story is false. I, I believe, I, I 100% believe that Lily's story is true. I 100% believe that Danny just told an excellent story and the details were fantastic. It's really well done, but it's bullshit. I think Danny's telling bullshit and I think Lily's telling the truth. Yeah, was it me cringing through my entire story that told you it was true? It just seemed so real and your reaction to it just seemed so so horrified and understandable and it's relatable. I'm amazed they got into any college, honestly. Danny, is your story true or is it bullshit? I have no recollection of that. So I think it's false. But I be- but it was it was so <laughs> hearing it, I know I, I did go into a comic book store and I was like, oh, this is true until the pin thing. I would not have traded two for one though. So no. I I, Wait, I do you trade do you oh. legitimately trade? I tr- oh yeah. I I, I have pins. I have over a well over a thousand pins. I have so many pins. But uh this happening, I I don't think it had I honestly am not sure. And I think it's false. I'd have to, I, I will double check with Nick that this is false, but it, it is, it checks all of the boxes of something that I would do. And that's so when, why I don't know. You really do trade Disney pins. Oh yeah. I've seen the binders. They're, there's, there's binders so and there's cork boards. And he goes on benders, benders with pin, pins. Pinders, pinders. Yeah, pinders. 
you yeah. just don't even remember what you've done and you have all these pins. That's Tinder for pins. Honestly, for pins. you want a, you want a, you want another uh Danny pin bomb? Uh yesterday I went to the Disney store and bought some pins because I had just booked my trip and I needed to a few that I bought to trade because I they had a, a few that were on sale. So is that the weirdest thing to everyone else that you've done? That to everyone else is weirder than what I than than the than the car accident. Yeah. Yeah, car accident seems like something normal to happen. Yeah, so family renegade, I get in a car accident weekly. (laughs) Were you so preoccupied with how happy you were with your your pin intake that you weren't paying attention and got uh, broadsided by a car? Honestly, I wish so I could say that in court, but no, uh, that happened two days prior. Do do we need an insert then from from your yeah, friend I'll call- about whether it's actually <laughs> do true? Want, do I'm going to call him right now and see if he picks up? Don't call him; just text him. Uh, I think okay. I Stephen. Uh, I think well, Lily should get two points for be- making us believe it and for for actually it being true. So Lily gets two stars. Danny, I'm inclined to give you like three stars just because I did not believe the story was true. He doesn't know if it's true. Everything I, you didn't ask me a single thing about the story. Steven did, you asked me about pin trading. So I'm happy to delve into pin trading. Uh, The story itself, I remember going to a comic book store in Toronto. I don't think I would have given someone two pins for one that's because i is, i would rarely your, do that so that's your code of of pin honor you sure. rarely give two pins for one pin like yeah it's usually you trade one for one i don't know what what there's no i can't think of a pin that was so valuable on a random teen a canadian kid that would make me want to give him two pins this has to be i that's, the more i'm thinking about it this isn't true but i guarantee you nick will text back and say this is true yeah, the words that just came out of your mouth are so weird, Danny. I wouldn't <laughs> trade that for a teen, for a pin. It's just very weird. I'm a weird guy. All right. <laughs> if it if it turns out not to be tr- to be true, and Danny didn't think it was true, I demand he lose. We'll points. take we'll take away all of his stars. No yeah. stars. No stars. If because if you can't remember. True. Yeah, you can't remember your own life. Automatic deduction of stars. Okay. Yeah. Fine, but not. Oh, just we're not not moving forward. Just moving forward. I would like for you to tell me something that is uh, so unbelievable, it is actually true. Uh, Danny, we're going to start with you. Sure. Um, I uh, signed some papers, some legal stuff with my bank accounts, and I have, not if, but when I die, but if it is sooner rather than later, um, 2% of my IRA uh, goes directly to um, the radio broadcaster of the New York Mets. You're that big of a fan? Yeah, I also like was getting uh, kind of yelled at by my mom to do it for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And I finally did it and scanned it and sent it back to her and uh, kind of as a bit. And then, but uh, she was like, you have to redo this. And I never did. But I also do love Howie Rose. He's an amazing broadcaster. He's the voice of the Mets. He was the voice of the Islanders as well. He's from the town next to me. I've seen him out to dinner. Um, just all around, been there for all of the Mets' greatest moments. And basically, it's if my brother dies as well, 
Then it goes uh, 49% to my dad, 49% to my mom, and 2% to Howie Rose. And the relationship column says mother, father, voice of NY Mets. That's all that can fit in there. So I, I just looked him up. He's 67. So I very much hope that he dies before I, you. I do too. I do too. That's why I did that. It's also a backup plan if if my brother dies too. So it's this is if a 25-year-old and a 28-year-old die, then three people over the age of six, well over the age of six, not well over the age of 60, but over the age of 60, uh, uh, split it, two of which are my parents, and the third is Howie Rose. So you go from bullshit alert to the subsection of death alert of the New York Mets sportscasters. Yeah, now we're yeah. paying attention to that in my yes. life. Yeah, but he's he's not going anywhere. He's He looks great. Do you have to inform him of this? I don't know. I was thinking about tweeting at him or his daughter, but I felt like that would is a little too much for public. I, I feel like it would just be a nice little surprise if my brother, you know, my brother and I, the plane could go down on the way to Disney and then he gets, you know, a few hundred bucks because I have not made a lot of money. Why his daughter? Because his daughter's big on Twitter too. And, and she's like a Mets social media person. So I follow both of them and that's the, I, I, I don't know anyone else in his family. Well, how did this idea come to be? In Chicago, and and when I was in school in St. Louis, I would listen to the game. And growing up, I'd always listen to the games on the radio when we would drive, and we would uh, uh, just always have the games on in the car. And he... Danny, I don't think Stephen's question is, how did you become a oh. Mets fan? <laughs> it is, how did you decide that you were going to give your death yeah. money to... I mean, no, I can understand this is, this the no, this is season that really inspired no, you to do no, this. No, no, it was or... no. This is what I'm saying. It's I always I love Howie Rose. I just love him, and I was like getting yelled at by my mom to do this, and I just decided, what if I leave it to someone else? And I was like, who would I? What's funny enough for it to be very funny, but also real enough where I'd be fine with him getting some of my money? And he's given a lot to me, so why can't I give back? Lily, uh, do you have a? Uh... Something that is so unbelievable that it's true. Yeah, uh, mine's in a, in a little bit of a different direction. Um, when I was in second grade, I sort of inadvertently started a cult. Um, second grade? So I, in, in like, se- it was second or third grade. So I was like seven or eight, something like that. Because when I was very young and lasting for quite a long time, I was obsessed with weasels, um, also known as stoats. Uh, I just, I, I freaking loved weasels. And our elementary school library had three books on weasels. Two of them were National Geographic kind of like picture fact books. And then one was this like 500 page novel called The Wainscot Weasel. And uh, from like first grade to like fifth grade, I checked these books out from the library pretty much every single week. So I have read The Wainscot Weasel about 60 or 70 times. So I I was super into weasels. And eventually people in my class started noticing that I just check out the same books every single week. And I started getting other people in the class into weasels too and and started like just regurgitating facts at them about uh, these cute little critters. And they became popular enough that there started to be like fights every week over who got to check out the weasel books in, in our library. And it got so bad that my the librarian said, nobody can check out the weasel books. 
So my solution to that, to still have time with the books that I come to love so much, was during like the, the hour that we went to the library, I would bring them to a table and just like put them in the center. And then kids would like gather around the table and we'd all like look at these weasel books. And eventually I sort of became their preacher and started telling facts about the weasels and started telling the tale of the Wayne Scott weasel. And it, it slowly evolved with like, like at certain parts of the story, they had to do certain things like act out being a weasel and just like do weird ritual stuff. And uh, eventually that was banned because my teacher was concerned with uh, how I was becoming a pseudo cult leader about weasels. What's, what's the Wayne Scott weasel? What, why is that different than any other weasel? The Wayne Scott Weasel is a charming uh, fiction novel uh, about a weasel. Um, I think his name is Wesley. God, I, I should know after how much time I spent with that book. And he uh, falls in love with a fish. And uh, the story is, it's sort of a Romeo Juliet situation where everyone's calling him crazy for being in love with this fish. And uh, he has to help the fish uh, because there's an osprey that's perched nearby that might kill it. And slowly in summer, the pond that the fish lives in is shrinking. So, you know, it's it's a real heartwarming tale. So is Wayne Scott the author? No, I think Wayne Scott was like the place or something. Ah, okay. it was some in universe. I need, I need like okay. three random facts about weasels right now. Weasels, uh, weasels do a war dance uh, to hunt, which is the weasel will like come out of its burrow and like kind of sporadically jump jump around in front of prey uh, to confuse the prey and will uh, then kill it that way. Um, what weasels I think are only native to north the northeast of North America. So like they're in Vermont, uh, New York, Massachusetts kind of area. Cornell. I believe that's true. Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the, the main reason I wanted to go to Cornell was for the weasel sightings. You didn't realize that uh, all the other people talking were weasels talking about their weasel accomplishments. Exactly. Yeah, like I, I saved orphaned weasels and um, what else? I think there are three main kind of weasels. Like the three main subspecies are the long-tailed weasel, the short-tailed weasel, and then like there's like the medium tailed Arctic weasel. I want to say something like that. So do you, I, I have heard of her. I've heard not this much detail, but I've heard about this before and it is amazing and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I wonder, has anyone uh, from this cult since then, or especially in like high school or, or whatever, or, or what, or even more recently, gone up to you and ever tried to bring up weasels with you and 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 brought it up and and inquire about your relationship with them no i i think everyone kind of blocked it out they had to sign the nda uh, after the the second person killed themselves via the aid <laughs> if i called um but uh my my saxophone teacher who uh was much later <laughs> I, I was taking saxophone lessons like in high school. I contacted him a few years ago because he had a post on Facebook. And uh, when I, I, his name is Jeff Pettit. I don't know if we should bleep that out. Uh, after, and after I contacted him, he was like, hey, weasel kid. <laughs> like that's, that's what he remembered most. So that carried me. through um, then. That carried. Oh, 
Oh, I, I was obsessed with weasels long after so, Elmer. So tall and years. odd is also what weasels are, I think. I would argue that weasels are uh, long mm. and odd. But, but sure. also weasels do run track. <laughs> do you uh, still like weasels? Or, or do you still have a fascination with them? Weasels are great. I've I've moved on though. Ferrets. <laughs> uh, uh, platypi. Platypi are are I think objectively the best animal, followed closely by uh, pangolins. Are pretty okay. good as well. That's timely. Did you did you just yeah? Did you just mispronounce penguin? No no, pangolins. Peng- they what are, started the coronavirus. Um, no, yes, no. That's- it was rumored. It's it's strongly believed that the virus originated in a pangolin and then transferred to a bat. That's some fucking bat propaganda right there. If you look up pangolins, they they actually they do always look concerned and like they're apologizing for something because they have their hands kind of cupped together. They're very cool. Do you have animals that are your natural enemies? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, That's is. like a Stephen quality question. See, Jeff, I think. Y- you're uh, taking it far enough that you think that I think I'm in some weird furry situation where I believe I am the animal. I just like these animals. I don't uh, have nightmares at night about like the next apex predator in a pangolin's ecosystem coming after me. You don't not though. I don't not. Where yeah. did this? That's fair. Like affinity towards weasels start? Was it like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You really loved the enemy. You know, I've never actually seen that movie. I really should. Never? Oh, go watch it. Uh, Steven. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you believe uh, Lily's story? Do you believe uh, Danny's story? Or uh, do, you, I know do you think they're both Danny bullshit? loves the Mets. Let's go Mets. But it seems so odd like to have that discussion, but then also for his mother to like berate him to get it done. She's like some Mets pusher. I don't know. It feels odd. To clarify, she didn't push me to get him on there. She pushed me to just get this form done because like, I needed it done for other reasons. Hmm. And out of spite, you put his name in because... Spite for my thinking, parents, just wanted... yes. Not spite for Howie Rose. Right, right, yeah. Right, 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 right. Does that make you believe it more, Stephen? I don't know. I feel like I'd go f- that it's bullshit with Danny and with Lily I I get the like the second grade I love a book series thing I remember I had similar things I fought for Calvin and Hobbes books in the classroom um but that was only against one person who was my best friend I didn't create a cult in second grade with them she caused a weasel lockdown (laughs) in her library which is just a name of a movie yet to be made uh, okay, thank you, Stephen, for your input. Uh, I will say I uh, believe Lily's story to be true. And again, I think Danny is bullshitting. Lily? So unless I'm mistaken, the impetus of this round was that we were both going to tell true stories. <laughs> right? Like whoever had the true story that seemed the most fake. <laughs> is, am I right, Danny? That's what I believe. That's why I... <laughs> That's why I told the truth. Me too. So you're both telling true stories? I thought yeah. we were supposed to tell the truth. Yeah, I 100% did that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it comes down to who gets more stars based on what you believe, Jeff. 
Yeah, because I, I, it's so impossible that it would be true. Again, I, there's no way that I thought that Danny did that. <laughs> so I guess Danny gets two two stars. Lily gets one star. Oh my god, oh, I love this game. This is ridiculous. Uh, I'm calling bias. <laughs> Do we want a star count right now? Please. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, right now, Danny has nine stars, and Lily has oh, three and a half stars. <laughs> Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. I'd like to hear from you guys our uh, historical facts that uh, are so amazing that there's no way that I will think that they are uh, bullshit. So I am very big into the Roman Empire. Um, also known as the Weasel Empire. Uh, <laughs> and one of the most interesting things to me about it uh, is that uh, Julius Caesar is basically the reason that we have modern cocaine. And, and how, how, how does that jump happen? So in Italy, there is uh, a plant very similar to the, the coca plant, not coca, yeah, or whatever the, coca the plant, plant coca plant um that roman troops would uh kind of were known to chew on for kind of quick energy and this had been going on for like decades or centuries whatever and uh caesar was the first one to uh have them gather this this plant and kind of cultivate it and both uh refine it a little bit not into like cocaine but just kind of like boil it down and get it into a pure form. And he, it was part of the rationing they gave to Roman troops. And then they would just chew on it as they were marching or wandering around. Yeah. And like during, cause they had, you know, long marches down the Roman roads. So it was just kind of considered like, uh, like how world war II soldiers had cigarettes in their rations it, it was just part of their like daily allotment was part of this like coca pastes and where did those roads lead to conquering the entire mediterranean world <laughs> all roads lead to rome that's oh oh i i, I guess that very early yeah or setting you up for it see but in my mind they were marching away from rome so all ah. roads lead from rome that makes sense two-way street of course sure did they, they invent two-way streets as well? I, I don't know. That wasn't my cocaine research. Uh, yeah, Stephen, do you have any questions about uh, cocaine and uh, yeah, did, Caesar? In your research, did they ever use it if they were wounded? You know, chew some cut up and, you know, shove it in a wound and, you know, try to heal or, you know, feel better? That's a good question. I, I don't think shove it in a wound, but it is definitely like a... Uh, like it helps numb your body. Actually, I don't know because it, it definitely like makes your heart beat faster. I would think it would like uh, be bad mm. if you ate that and you had like an open wound and were bleeding. So I'm I, I don't know about the medicinal aspects of it. But oh oh, one thing I forgot to mention. This is why uh, Pablo Escobar had had a like uh, a lot of little bus of Caesar uh, when they raided his his house. This is all a lot. You just watched Narcos. <laughs> this is all unbreakable like there this is lily this is a really fascinating fact i 
I'm buying in really quickly. Uh, I'm having a hard time even breaking it down because it, it just feels so implausibly real that it's real. That's, that's amazing. Uh, when, you probably wouldn't know this, but when did it just then get put into powder form? Well, the, the plant that is in Italy is like a different uh, variety than the, the one in uh, South America. Because I think when like it was a supercontinent, you know, they were all together. And then when it broke apart, they, they kind of evolved into different different plants. Yeah, they just walked right across the street. Yeah, exactly. To Argentina. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was like a lot later that they actually like boiled it down into actual cocaine. Because I, I know that people in South America like do just chew coca leaves. But I, I don't think it was until like the, I actually, I don't know. I don't know. I only know about historical cocaine, Jeff, not okay. modern cocaine. That's fair. That's fair. And, and it is boiled, right? I, I think boiled it is like cocaine. It's like boiled and reduced. You can also get like um, cocaine Benedict or something. Uh, <laughs> sure. It's like an egg. The right? audience is yeah. cracking up at that one, guys. Are they? Are they'll, they though? They'll email they? us. <laughs> Will they? Will they though? Uh, okay, fantastic. Thank you. It, I, I'm I'm curious, uh, Danny. Do you know a lot about history? I do know a lot about history. Um, I know nothing about Caesar though. Um, what I I'm a big fan of uh, the British history of the monarchy uh, and kind of how that world works. Um, not so much a huge fan of it <laughs> in modern day, but um, um, my my interesting fact. Yeah. You can have an interest in it without being. That's a fair. I do have an interest in it. Um, I think it's a very uh, flawed system, uh, as we all, as a lot of us think. Um, but I, I like the history going back and seeing, you know, the the relations, you know, realizing how closely related this queen is to the king, King George the Third, that you know we gained our independence from, and going back further to, too far, but going in the middle to Queen Victoria. And uh, my, my, I, the love of dogs that the royal family has, has lasted through generations. And um, Queen Victoria uh, and Prince Albert before, you know, he died, um, had many dogs. Um, and one of which being um, a collie. And uh, it was her favorite dog. And when the, the dog died, she didn't want to part with it that, they, you know, buried the dog, but um, she actually kept the dog's ear and had it with her. And because of how mu- how important this this dog was to her, did she pickle it? How did she? I, pick it? I, <laughs> she pick, no, she didn't pickle it. I think it was more kept in some sort of vessel. It must have been a jar or something. Um, but she, I know it was, you know in her residence and, and it was something that she, she needed a, a prize, you know, like a trophy of, you know, her beloved dog. And is it still around? Like if I were to go to the tower of uh, London and get a tour through all of the artifacts that are there, would that Collie's ear be I don't there? believe so. I, be- I don't think it was properly mummified or um, uh, kept, but I do think that uh, eventually over time, it kind of got pretty gross and they did dispose of it. Um, I do believe the, I think that vessel 
is is somewhere maybe it's at windsor castle or somewhere that the you know within one of the or uh the windsor family's estates or something the the tower of london would be kind of a weird <laughs> choice to display it because that sort of implies like that's where they tortured right. prisoners <laughs> was this corgi like yeah this is an ear we cut off a corgi trying to get it to right, talk right no this yeah that's true they do keep the queen's jewels there though, yeah now, now that now like, now the jewels to, are there yeah yeah so it would seem like you could see like <laughs> all of her jewels and then right next a to it, a, a little dog ear <laughs> hey is that where the phrase dog ear comes from from queen victoria's dog i ear? i it could be i don't know you should have said i know yes. i should have but cool. i i'm i'm telling Boy, the truth I, I just set you I'm, up I just set you. I'm up telling for the it truth. You would have, if I jumped in and said yes, then you would have been like, "Oh, he's lying." I don't know because I only know what I know. I don't know how cocaine became cocaine, Benedict. See, Rain. I called it back, and now it's funny. Another round of raucous laughter, Danny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, quiet in the back, everybody. Stephen, you uh, you have thoughts about either of these historical? Uh, the dog ear. I mean, we're at an age where we could probably just clone that dog. So why haven't they? If it's if it exists, right. if it's really the favorite dog, and yeah. If it's if it's the perfect perfect dog, the collie. Interesting uh, thoughts about um, Lily's cocaine story. I'm, I'm fascinated. If there's one person that had the reach, it'd be Julius Caesar. You know, but I guess he could do anything. So maybe it's too much. Okay. Uh, I will say that, uh, again, <laughs> I, I, I believe that, uh, Lily's, uh, Caesar cocaine is absolutely true. Uh, and, uh, I believe that, uh, Danny's, uh, queen's ear, dog ear, uh, is bullshit. Danny? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I made that up. Uh, but. I was originally, I was thinking maybe uh, Queen Victoria, I was going to say that she ate the dog after it died, but I knew that wasn't going to get me far. Uh, so I went with this one. But she was a fan. Of, she did have collies and dachshunds and pugs. and yeah. Minus six points. Whoa. Yes, I'm winning. <laughs> that's not how the, that's, I can't, I don't know. that This is, we're setting the precedent now. Ugh. Lily, is your story true? Absolutely false. Oh, oh wow i i'm sure julius caesar did some drugs but i have no fucking clue i was, if it was gonna say any that, kind that of was bullshit i i also i think like the coca plant is actually only native to south That's america unless i'm yeah it actually used to be in coca-cola right That's i didn't know that the name yeah. of it it yeah uh, and so, you know, and it's been around for a really long time. Abraham Lincoln was drinking Coca-Cola while in the White mm. House. No, so, that's not true. True. It's been around since before Abraham Lincoln. And they, it was a, a drink that he would drink around the White House. And so that was before they took the cocaine out. Really? Jesus. Am I? Am, am I telling you the truth or am I bullshitting oh, you? God. Well, I just asked you, is that true? So were you lying when I asked you if it was I believe true? I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Lily just lost this week's game. It is true. <laughs> oh, fuck. Congratulations, Danny. Thank well you. played Thank throughout you. the entire Thank game. You. Thank you, Stephen, for uh, keeping score. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the bullshit alert. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to our first episode of Bullshit Alert. On behalf of Jeff Griggs, Willie Herman, and Danny Marshall, I'm Stephen Carter. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bullshit Alert. No I. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Like, share, and tell your friends how much fun you're having listening to this while you stare at a wall. Theme music by Fred Stark. Check him out at fredstarkmusic.com and Spotify.